Previously recorded in both Murfreesboro and Chattanooga, Tennessee, this is NFLs, a production by Next Season Sports Media. Welcome one and all to NFLs. It is a 64-bit 3D platformer that happens to be my favorite game of all time. My name is Drew Wade. My name is Bowser. How are you doing, Drew? So long, Bowser. Um, (laughs) I'm good. I'm good. How are you today? I am Jacob Wilkinson, and I am doing pretty well. I uh, there's been a lot of spicy football drama recently that I've been up in the midst of uh, following every day. Um, Oh yeah, it's it's the time of year where every bit of news I'm just gobbling up as soon as I can get it. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to talk about some of that news today. Also on the docket for today, it's our last directional episode. We'll be talking NFC and AFC West, uh, previewing over unders, um, what we think about each team heading into the 2022 season. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't mind talking about this direction. Yeah, this one, <laughs> uh, I think in years past, we've kind of been down on the West, <laughs> never yeah. really hyped up the West on this show before. But this year, I don't know. It seems like it could be a little different. Yeah, um, if I had to rank like my ten favorite teams to talk about in the NFL, like we're hitting like at least five of them today. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm in a good mood. <laughs> oh yeah, it's gonna be a good episode, and I'm excited about to talk about a lot of these teams. But before we get into that, a uh, couple news things I wanted to talk about. Um, for the second year in a row, the New York Giants have shown. What just just what a great run franchise, just what a great product they've got over there. Um, mm-hmm. They had a huge fight at training camp for the second year in a row, almost a year to the day from the last fight. Um, it's tradition. Last year it happened on August 3rd, this year 2022, 8-8-22. Uh, so new coaching regime, new faces in the building, same result. I uh, love to see it. Love to see just how unified they are over there uh, in the Big Apple. Have you heard the uh, like late stage rumors about a Jimmy G trade potentially being in the air out there in NYG? Ooh, wow! I I had not heard that one. That would be really interesting. Uh, we're going into the last year of Daniel Jones' rookie contract as the Giants did not pick up his fifth year option. So mm-hmm. um, that would be interesting. Not. Not totally unheard of if the Giants felt like they could compete, but were holding, being held back by the play of one Mister Daniel Dimes. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that'll be interesting to monitor going forward. I think like most bad teams with two bad young quarterbacks, they would probably try to do the whole like, oh, like we're willing to start either of them. We're just going to be watching the bench or, or whatever. Um, <laughs> but I I think that that would be a, a pretty uninteresting move for Jimmy and also the Giants, honestly. Um, but that was sort of what I expected to be the case for any Jimmy G trade at this point. So, um, yeah, I don't think I don't think Jimmy moves the needle that much for the Giants. Obviously, he's got a very successful win loss record as a quarterback. A lot of that has to do with the team he's been playing on. But I think he'd be some upgrade over Daniel Jones. But if Daniel Jones somehow, some way reaches what people think his full potential would be, I think might as well just keep going with Danny Dimes, as it were. But. Yeah, I, I um I think that he I don't know I don't see him like being a serious force in the NFL quarterback space, um, but I do think that he could find some success. The problem is is that I don't think this team is 
ready to really like make it not to say that he's being held back at all, but I don't think like he really has the tools to, to look like he deserved a fifth year uh, at this yeah. point. So I, I don't think much is going to change anything in, in uh, New York, unfortunately for either team really. Yeah. Well, that was a lot more than I planned on talking about the giants today, but here we are. Um, mm-hmm. Like I said, gobbling up every bit of news. <laughs> uh, one other thing in the Northeast that I wanted to touch on was the um, New England Patriots are changing their offensive scheme after about 21 years, and apparently it's not going so swimmingly so far. Uh, in a press conference recently, uh, second-year quarterback Mac Jones said he was just getting his feet wet in the offense. Uh, there have been some reports that the offense has not looked very good, mm. and hearing your quarterback saying he's just getting his feet wet uh, about a month from the start of the regular season is not what you like to hear right. if you're a Patriots fan. Um, I'm not a Patriots fan, so I think it's hilarious. But <laughs> all this does is open the door for them to look bad for about a month and then just return to dominant form. So September that worries me. <laughs> that, yeah, exactly. That worries me is a little bit as somebody who, you know, a couple episodes ago was predicting their not so great success for this season. Um, what do you what do you think about the comments from Mr. McCorkle? I don't know. I think um honestly like I never <laughs> felt like he had a, a very firm grasp on like their game plan last season anyway. Um I think like the moments where he shined looked a lot different from like the moments of success that they found like during the Tom Brady era, obviously. Um, so I, I think that this shift is probably in the long run going to be a good thing. And, um, with him saying that, that like, seems like he's trying to reassure people that any reports that they've heard about it not going well, or just because like it's a new change or whatever. Um, so I think that, I don't know. I mean, stylistically, I, I think that the Patriots needed to shift a little bit and, I think Bill Belichick is still like strategically one of the best head coaches in the game. Like if not the best, I'd say he's up there with like Andy Reid right now. So like, um, I think it's sort of gonna, like it sort of scares me to hear that he's instilling a new plan. And I, like you said, I think I've learned to not necessarily take August or September Patriots doomerism for, for much anymore. Yeah. I uh, totally agree with you there. So we'll just have to wait another month, see how the offense really looks once they get it out there on the field. Could all just yeah. be a smoke show. Um, yeah. But uh, with that, you got anything else you want to touch on before we get into the? We'll start with the NFC West. I mean, I think <laughs> I think we got to do pack watch uh, and talk about <laughs> the Deshaun Watson update. I mean, <laughs> Rip Bozo, <laughs> Rip Bozo. That's right. Yeah. So the NFL has officially announced that they are appealing. I don't think that that was the case the last time we talked um, mm-hmm. and have said that they're looking for at least a year. Um, reports have come out today that it is completely on the table that the appeal will be done in time for him to not be allowed to play in their Friday preseason opener. Um, that'd be, that'd be quite a step in the right direction. Cause I just got a report earlier that the Browns are planning on starting Deshaun Watson in their preseason mm. opener this week. So um, really weird that they're would cons- that they still giving him all the first-team reps and everything, acting like he's going to be the starter 
when it seems pretty apparent he's at least going to miss a significant amount of time. You'd think mm-hmm. they want to get Jacoby more ready. Yeah, I agree. It's very strange. Um, I think that a lot of people have been saying online that this situation is turning into an, <laughs> a rare opportunity for Roger Goodell to like completely flex his power over this league and also be like universally regard regarded for it. Um, I think that like this situation has very much turned into Deshaun and his team playing with fire, just sort of like not accepting the plea deal and still not really showing any remorse publicly at any point um, outside of like words. Um, and also just like causing all of this bad PR in general. And I saw somebody say that like, it really seems like the new <laughs> plan that they've instilled, like this new system for uh, discipline is basically like a third party can be like, well, this is what the rules say. And then they can gauge like people reacting to that. Mm-hmm. And then Roger Goodell gets <laughs> to be like, okay, okay, hold on. Well, <laughs> this is a special situation. Um so I think, uh, honestly, low-key, that it's going to be an indefinite suspension with at least a year and some sort of, like, therapy checkoff check and significant remorse needs to be shown. And I don't know how capable of those things Deshaun Watson is. So um, I don't know. Yeah. I, I think that there's – I think that things are not looking good <laughs> for him and looking very good for everybody else right now. So um, – yeah. All I care about is him being fined for like at least half of the money he made last year. And also uh, the Browns not being shown like any sort of sympathy like throughout all of this. I think that that's the most important thing because people are saying like that the way that they structured this contract is like not the most out of this, like out of the ordinary way to structure a contract right now with the way that like salary caps work at the moment. Um, And that's true, but also Still. still, just more, just morally speaking, like yeah, they like, obviously had yeah. some sort of suspension hanging over his head, and to just backload all of this money in future, and also just upfronting guarantees to where even if he is suspended the whole year, he's only going to miss out on like a million dollars out of two hundred and thirty million. Yeah, still That's have like just... the best contract in NFL history. So. Exactly. Yeah. Yep, so I think that the Browns really don't deserve any sympathy either. Truthfully, the Texans don't either, and it seems like they kind of made out like bandits in this whole thing. But um, Yeah, especially that story coming about about the NDAs they had women sign mm-hmm. for Deshaun Watson. Um, I mean, they, they sure did settle a lot quicker once their name got in the mud a little bit. But yeah, still, um, I, I don't want to blame the Texans. Like, obviously... I'm not talking about the the front office. I just feel bad for the mm. the players that are being caught up in that. Uh, also, yeah. I guess the players on uh, Cleveland squad that are that are just there. They weren't in the decision making process or anything. Um, mm. It's rough for them as well. But I think uh, something has to be done. I think like this, <laughs> like if one person has really like left a foul taste on my mouth through this whole thing, it's been Haslam. Like I think that he was very pushy about the Deshaun Watson deal. Um, mm him going like on stage and say that he like asked his wife and daughter for permission to sign him is like one of my least favorite NFL moments ever. Um, very cringe and just sort of like, I think that this has created such an uncomfortable situation for so many people. Um, like 
I don't know how into this idea like Stefanski and I can't remember who their um front of their head their uh, GM's GM, name is Andrew Barry. Yeah, Barry. Right. I, I'm not sure how like gun ho they were about the whole thing, but I wouldn't be surprised if they were, were sort of between a rock and a hard place about this whole situation. I feel like the fans certainly are. I feel like the players certainly are. Um, it's just kind of shown me like how not to mention how like the entire NFC South was in a bidding war for the guy as well. Um, yeah. And like the dolphins wanted him. It's just like really showing me like how little the NFL cares <laughs> about this issue. Which yeah. Sucks. If you can throw the football, um, you people are willing to look past a lot of, you know, big yeah. glaring character flaws, but for sure. So hopefully we get yeah. an indefinite, um, that he has to work hard through and then he can get comeback player of the year and be a lot of right. <laughs> 2023 <laughs> comeback player yeah. of the year. Deshaun Watson. Now here's a guy who's just been <laughs> through a lot in the last 18 months. A lot of um, on and off the field adversity. <laughs> All right, let, let's get into the West. Yeah. So you want to start with the NFC into the West, my favorite song off of the Lord of the Rings soundtrack and <laughs> where we're headed at the moment. Um, yeah. Let's start with the, Defending Super Bowl champions last year's first place in the NFC West, the LA Rams. They went uh, 11, 12 and 5 last year. Uh, what do you think their over under is set at for this year? Mm, I'm going to say 10.5. Bang, right on the money. So, 10.5, um, that's a, you know, Vegas is seeing a 1 to 2 game drop off for the defending champs here. I'm not really sure. I agree with that based on just some of the offseason moves that they've made, shoring up the defense, signing Bobby Wagner from formerly of the Seahawks. They haven't really lost anybody. They lost OBJ in the Super Bowl, of course, but signed Allen Robinson to shore up that wide receiver room more. Mm-hmm. They lost Von Miller also. Von Miller, yes, of course. That's that's a that actually is a big loss. He was contributing really well for them mm-hmm. at the end of the year. But... Um, I don't think that's enough to see them losing one to two less games. What are your thoughts on? Yeah, I, I mean, <laughs> I, I will say I, I don't think I have as much like hype about them this season as I did last season. Of course, it'd be almost impossible for me to ever be as hype about a team during the off season as I was for them last year. Oh yeah. Um, but I think a few key things have stuck around that are not really being touched on enough. Um. It's kind of odd to me that mentioning like the Stafford Cup combo isn't like beating a dead horse at this point because I just think that they're like one of the most offensively generating combos that we have like in the league right now. Um, yeah. I also think Aaron Donald is another very key piece that like is kind of like oddly just sort of being not talked about too much. Um, like I think it, it almost seems to me like. Um, the conversation is like was ready to just move on with him retiring or whatever. Um, so I, I think I'm trying to look at their schedule right now and figure out what divisions they're playing. It looks like they have the AFC West, which I knew that. Um, and I'm, tr- I'm not sure about the NFC, the NFC South. Yeah. AFC West, NFC South. And then they play the Packers and the Bills and um, should play oh, the Cowboys. The Cowboys, yeah. yeah. So, 
you know, a lot of pretty tough games there. I'd yeah. say AFC West is a really tough division. All of the NFC first seeds are pretty formidable opponents, except for like the Cowboys, I suppose. They got the Bills from their cross season and from their cross like conference seeding game, uh, which opening game of the year, Thursday right. night football on September. I'm so excited for very that excited for that. Yeah, it's going to be a great game. Um, could potentially be a Super Bowl preview, honestly, because I will say, like, just sort of. I guess to bring it back to talking about this team, even though the, the schedule is pretty tough, I don't really like the NFC in general this year. I, yeah. don't think, I don't think there are a lot of formidable threats. I think the 49ers are going to look somehow weaker. Uh, maybe Trey Lance can really like pull through for them. But I think that like, didn't the 49ers make it to the championship, the NFC championship last yeah, year? Yeah, it was Rams 49ers champion NFC championship. And the Rams only moved on because... Uh, Jaquiski Tart safety for the 49ers now on the Eagles actually but he dropped just a straight interception that was thrown right, right at him like in the I fourth quarter so we almost had the 49ers in the Super Bowl instead right of I forgot about that. that's crazy I mean like yeah. I know we're going to talk about the 49ers in a second here so I won't like give too much away but I, I don't really expect them to have the same success this year um, I think that the Packers I mean we've talked about the Packers and the Bucks like they can both be good but neither of them are really standing out to me as being that scary right now so like even though this is a tough schedule um I think 11 wins is on the goal for the Rams in fact I'd say 11 and 6 is probably where I would put them so I'll take the over here honestly I still sort of feel like I'm going to be hyping these guys up as the NFC champions this year because like I said I just the field does not really impress me in this conference right now and I think like if nothing else, the Rams have like a few things that just were working really, really well for them. And like, I know I'm always talking about this team's like 30 point bombs. Like, I just think that that is like something that a lot of these NSF, NFC teams are not really going to be able to generate against them. So like, maybe they'll find some problems playing against some AFC defenses, like, and not getting to, you know, do a shootout against like the Chiefs or the Bills or the Broncos the way that they would want to, hopefully. Um, but I don't think that they're going to have a problem doing that against really any team in the NFC. So yeah, I'm going to take the over on the Rams and continue to be a bandwagon fan for another <laughs> year. <laughs> yeah. I, I think they've been an at least 11 win team every year that Sean McVay has been the head coach of this team. Mm-hmm. And that was even when they had 16 game seasons. So I don't really see. And Jared, I, Goff. I, yeah, and Jared Goff instead of Matthew Stafford. So while they do have a tough schedule, I think that they have the talent, the know-how, the coaching to just overcome a lot in this season. And I think uh, 11 is probably a good mark for them as well. I'm going to take the over. Cool, cool. Um, one last Rams comment. R slash uh, NFL has been doing like roast threads. Just each team is getting like a, a roast every day. And yeah. today was the Rams roast. And the top comment was, I wonder how their next first round pick is going to do on his ACTs this year. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be a while still. That's <laughs> to move on to the next team in the NFC West, they finished second in the division last year after starting off Devin and O, I believe, finishing at 11 and 6. Arizona Cardinals. Um, just a, they, they were 8 and 1 on the road last year, the very best road record in the NFL. So that was a little bit of a surprise to me. Can you guess the only team to not to the only team to lose every single road game last year? Mm, Jets. Jets is a good guess, but no, they won one. Um, I'll give you another hint. The Lions tied once on the road, so they didn't lose every road game. 
<laughs> oh, huh. um, I don't know. Giants. I don't... It was the Jacksonville. I'm the head ball coach. Jaguars. <laughs> that actually doesn't but... surprise me. I I knew that they had a couple of wins, but I didn't realize there was those were a home game. I don't think of Jacksonville as being like you know a home field advantage worth anything. Yeah, and one of their home games, air quote that they won was, <laughs> was the uh, was the London game against the Dolphins. So. Yeah, but anyway, the Cardinals finished at eleven and six last year. What do you think their over under is for this season? I'm gonna say uh, nine and a half. Uh, even worse, eight and a half. Dang! I-, I feel like everybody this season is really low down on the Cardinals, and understandable why. I mean, each of the last two seasons they've had a hot start and then just totally petered out by the end. But each year that Cliff Cliff Kingsbury has been the head coach, they have increased their win total, and I think that. Just Kyler getting uh, an old college teammate, Marquise Brown, joining his wide receiving core this year. I think that's going to be a big boost, especially for the games that DeAndre Hopkins is going to be missing as part of his six-game suspension. It'd be nice for him to have another reliable target there. I think that eight and a half is a little disrespectful. They're going to have to mm-hmm. play a tough schedule because they finished second in the in, uh, in the division. And also, like we talked about the Rams, they're going to have to play the AFC West. But right. I still think... Nine ten wins is far from unobtainable <laughs> for this team. Yeah. Uh, so I'm going to take the over. I think um, the NFC South is a defensive division that Kyler Murray will be able to like trounce pretty easily. Um, like they have a late season game against the Falcons. They have um, a late season game against the saints as well so like those are both games that i feel like they could potentially maintain some momentum through um from seeding it looks like they get they have eagles vikings and patriots matchups so i will say i think the eagles and the vikings are going to be very telling games for this team because yeah both of those teams are sort of like on the rise in the nfc to me right now and um the cardinals sort of have to essentially maintain like the pretend a tier a plus tier ranking that they've been like holding i mean they they sat in like number one like for a significant portion of power rankings last year um and completely pewtered out so i sort of like you were saying i am not really surprised that like people are cold on the cardinals now because they've just proven themselves to be like young and dumb and reckless uh, and also kyler gets hurt every season yeah um also apparently he plays too many video games according to his contract yeah that's very funny to me see so that contract change says that like maybe they're interested in solving some of their like reckless problems even though i personally am a big fan of qb's playing video games but whatever um and i think that like i said this is a pretty decent schedule for them and as long as he doesn't get hurt, I don't think that this is going to be the year where they like clutch out an NFC championship. But I think that like Cliff Kingsbury will keep his job this year, probably. And I yeah. think I think eight and a half is also kind of disrespectful because like just looking at this team's roster, like unless the IR starts like taking big bites, like this team just has to be in the playoffs to me, especially like in the NFC. <laughs> so yep, tough to see them not so. Both taking the over on the Cardinals. Moving on to the third team from this division to make the playoffs last season. San Francisco 49ers were 10-7, and seven, which surprised me to see. I, I thought they were a 9-8 team, but no, they won 10 games last year. Um, mm-hmm. 
but what do you think their over under is sitting at for this season? Mm, let's see, ten and seven. I, eight and a half. Also, I don't know. Are they tied with? Right at ten, actually. So wow, that's kind of crazy. Looking for a bright future, still. Uh, looking for some good play from Trey Lance is uh, Las Vegas. Those odds makers over there. Uh, let's hear your thoughts on the 49ers. Um, you know, I don't have. Uh, I, I think the 49ers are really weird. <laughs> like, I, they have like, I guess a lot going for them, but also a lot of flaws, which is why they're able to sort of fly, like, fly under the radar. Like, I think that this is like probably honestly the NFL's most like high highs and low lows team. Um, like they certainly at least have been during like the NFL's era. Um, so I think that they are moving towards an era of more consistency. I think that this trailing his move is a good call. My dad's neighbor has been like a 49ers fan forever. And he said that he felt very confident about just like their consistency, like moving away from Jimmy G. That was something that was like very frustrating to a lot of Niners fans. Um, lots of like really odd targets, um, poor decision-making at the line. Uh, I think like the wide receiver room for this team has been super dependable. Um, but I think there was a shakeup this, this offseason. Was there not? In the wide or... receiver room? Uh, Debo Samuel requested a trade, but That's ultimately right. uh, since they're, I think since our last recording, he got a big contract extension. So no worries cool. there. Yeah, that's right. I was I was wondering about that news. Yeah, so I mean, I think like Debo and George Kittle are like two of my like favorite offensive players in the NFC right now, um, who like aren't on like the Vikings or Rams, I guess. Um, so like, I think I think like that if Trey Lance is able to use those two guys to like more of their potential and also keep using like some of the things that I think have brought the Niners success in the last few years, mainly like they're scrimmaging at the line surprise targeting. Like I think like Juwan, like coming in for a few touchdowns every now and then last year was almost always to their benefit. And oh yeah, I, um, so I, I think this team is very versatile and um, all they really need is a little bit more consistency. 10 wins, however, is sort of a tough barrier. I, the Seahawks aren't really worth anything, but they still have a pretty decent like lineup against the the Cardinals and the Rams, like where like pulling three games there is going to be pretty important. And also on to... top of that, the Seahawks, regardless of how good these two teams have been, the Seahawks have kind of had the number 49ers the past few years. So that's right. I forgot about me that. to see them split with them. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. So like, they're really going to have to fight hard to like pull four wins out of the division, which I think is going to be really important for clearing this. Um, I think that they're going to have a much tougher time against the Buccaneers than like the Cardinals, honestly, just because the Cardinals, I think are a lot more explosive. Um, I will say like the, some of their seeding matchups are really, really nice. Like they get to play against the bears and they get to play against, I, I think the dolphins game will be kind of tough for them, but um, they have a game against uh, the giants as well. I believe, for, oh, sorry, Washington um, from mm -hmm. seeding. So, you know, like, I think I'm going to take the under. I Like, nine and eight is sort of, like, where I would expect this team to end up, honestly. Like I said, like, I think they have a lot of really interesting things going for them. Um, and they totally could fight for a wild card. To me, I just think that, like, it's 
this team could potentially struggle to like have a consistent game plan, even though I've been saying that, like, I, th- I think that they're going to have more consistent players, but I think that they're going to have to work a little bit at first to find wins, like under this trailance. Um, even though they were able to play with him some last year, just like sort of shifting permanently to maybe like a safer, more calculated approach to the game, like is going to be a little tough, especially with some of these defenses they're playing against. So I- I'd probably put them at nine and eight and take the under here. So this one's tough because I feel like 10 is a really great number to guess how many games they're going to win. So (laughs) going over or under here, it really just comes down to whether you think they'll be able to succeed with Trey Lance playing quarterback. And, you know, Kyle Shanahan has done a really good, he's got a really good track record with the quarterbacks he's been coaching in the past from, you know, Kirk Cousins and RG3 to in Washington to he was offensive coordinator the year that Matt Ryan won the MVP in Atlanta and then just the success we've seen him have with Jimmy Garoppolo in San Francisco. Um, mm-hmm. I'm going to say he's going to be able to play two Trey Lance's strengths, and I think this is a good team elsewhere. Uh, I think their defense is really solid. You talked about the solid pieces they have on offense as well, so I'm going to go ahead and take the over here, if not just to uh, give us some spice, diversified opinions like <laughs> on <it>. this episode. <laughs> so you're going under, I'm going over on the 49ers. That would put us probably at... Uh, Three teams once again over 10 wins in this division. So that's pretty sick. Um, the last team in this division certainly, almost certainly won't win 10 games. The Seattle Seahawks, 7-10 and 10 last year with Russell Wilson's finger injury throwing things off the rails. Uh, what do you think their over-under is this, this year? Five and a half. Bang, right on the money again. You're two out of four, not too bad. I'll take it. Um, yeah, Seahawks have an ongoing QB battle between Drew Locke and Geno Smith. This has been a pretty Drew Locke-friendly podcast in the past, <laughs> but I still think the drop-off between Russell Wilson and Drew Locke is mighty, mighty big. Mm-hmm. I think their offense is going to struggle this year. Unfortunate for their talented pieces, they have like DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. And losing Bobby Wagner from that defense is just going to be a huge blow that I don't think they're going to be able to overcome. So mm-hmm. um, five and a half. I feel like Pete Carroll can maybe will this team to six wins. But, you know, there's there's a lot of uncertainty there. I'm going to I'm going to take under. I think this is probably a four or five win team this year. Yeah, I'm also pending this at a four or five win team. Unfortunately, I like you said, this has been a Drew Lock positive podcast in the past. And I think we both said that when this trade happened, it was like sort of exciting that we could watch the like feast or famine play style on a team that we both are a lot less invested in. Yeah, um, exactly. <laughs> I, I, so I would love to see them succeed. I like Pete Carroll a lot. Obviously I love Drew Lock um, and no fan and I'm a fan of the wide receivers that they have out there. But like you said, I think the defense is not looking good. The O-line for this team, I mean, like chased Russ out of Seattle and it has gotten no better. And I think like both Geno Smith and Drew Locke are going to be like hella susceptible to to D-line pressure this whole season. And I don't really feel confident in either of those quarterbacks like with time. (laughs) So like on their feet, I mean, Russell... Russell Wilson's like the best on his feet quarterback in the league. And like, like I said, he was chased out of this city. So I don't think that they have a whole lot of like 
protective options in general. I just think like both sides of the ball against this team are going to like be able to get a lot of highlights. And even if the Seahawks like have some good moments, I I don't really expect them to put together a lot of wins outside of like their seeding games against the Lions and Giants. So um and even and the Jets. Lions game, that's gonna be a sneaky tough game. Yeah, honestly. I mean it's so. in Detroit in October. So yeah, like that could be like, you know, they could be not not have everything together at that point. So um Jared Goff is familiar with this defense as well. So true. Um yeah, I don't know. I think yeah, I like I said, I'm also gonna have to take the under, put these guys at like three or four. I always hope for something good from the Seahawks, but um just doing like West Coast Wilkinson check-in. I asked my uncle and cousin like how many wins they're expecting, and I was told three and four respectively. So ah, okay. There you go. <laughs> um, so yeah, I think that we're all comfortable putting the Seahawks there. So every other time we've done this, um, we've kind of snaked down, like one of us has started at the top and then gone down, and then we've gone up. Um, there is no way that the Broncos are gonna be the first team in the <laughs> AFC West that we taught. So let's go to the Chiefs, I suppose. Wait, hold on. Before we do that, who do you, uh, I'm assume I'm assuming I know, but who's your pick to win the NFC West this year? Yeah, is I mean it's gonna be the Rams. I, I think shocking. Yeah, both of us taking the Rams. <laughs> <laughs> I think like the Cardinals and the and the 49ers could both do it, but if either of them don't do it, I think that it'll be because they both would have like pretty middling seasons. Like yep. so. That's what I'm expecting. Um, right. I, on to the Chiefs. On the Chiefs. Let's do it. So the Chiefs last year, um, I don't know, like kind of a weird storyline throughout the whole season. They looked kind of bad, but maybe not. And then they looked kind of good, but maybe not. And then, ta-da, they were in the AFC Championship And again. then it was like, oh, they're going to go to the Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah. And then the Bengals just um, balled out. And the Joe Bros ran all over this team's Joe defense. Bros. Um, even though, like, the Chiefs' defense, I think, like, um, when when the night was darkest, they found they found a light in the Chiefs' defense, which, like, throughout the whole NFL's Pat Mahomes era, has been really like the the liability for this team's success against other yep. um, high level teams. So. Coming into this season, I mean, let's talk downsides. So they lost Tyreek Hill, pretty big deal. That was, I mean, obviously target n- number one for Patrick Mahomes basically throughout his whole tenure at this team. Yep. Other than that, I don't know. I mean, not a whole lot. I, like it was a pretty quiet off season for them. So, um, where are you thinking that the the win loss would be for this team. Oh, let me check where they were last year. Chiefs. I think I got it right here. Um, they were twelve and five last year. That's right. I'm gonna say that Tyreek leaving probably dropped them down. I'm gonna say eleven even. This team has been put at ten and a half actually. So just ah, that was gonna be my first guess. But then I remember the Bills were at eleven and a half, so I was like, they're probably not a full game behind the Bills, but. Mm-hmm. That's a little surprising. Yeah, I think so too. Um, so I think some people have suggested that the Chiefs have arguably potentially the hardest schedule in the league this year. Um, let me pull that up real quick. I, again, as we've talked about, AFC, the, the two West divisions are playing against each other this year, which is kind of... Couldn't think big. of a better year for that to happen. Actually. I agree. That's pretty Total sick. banger. 
Yeah, I think so too. Um, we also have the AFC South, which, you know, four wins for basically any <laughs> AFC West team, let's be honest here. Chiefs have seeding games against the Bills, of course. And so let's the Bengals. see. The, the Bengals, the, correct. And then um, their crossed seeding team. Let's see. Here's a good NFC team here. Buccaneers. Ooh, another pretty good team game. So yeah, like I've said, so like I said, some people have been saying that the Chiefs have one of the toughest schedules. I mean, they're in this division. They have to play against the like they have to play every West team. Um, they have to play the Bills. They have to play like last year's AFC champions and this year's AFC champions, and they have to play <laughs> the team that beat them in the Super Bowl a couple years ago. So um pretty tough schedule. Where, where, where are you taking for these guys? I think I'm still taking the over for the Chiefs. Uh, I think 10 and a, if it was 11, it'd be a little tougher. But I think 11 to 12 wins is still very doable for this team. Especially when I think about how poor they kind of looked halfway through last season. And they still ended up winning 12 games. Um, yeah. I think that they're still going to be able to find a lot of success outside of Tyree Kill since he's gone now. I think that... Like you said, their defense is sneakily just like solidified a little bit. I think that's going to be uh, huge for them this year. And I think 11, 11 or 12 is probably what we got coming from the Chiefs again this year. Yeah. Like I said earlier, um, I have unfortunately nothing but respect for Andy Reid as a head coach. I think he's like one of the smartest play calling coaches we have in the league. Um, I mean, they the drives that this team carries – like when they're in their hot zone is absolutely absurd. I think that there was like a super telling stat for both the Broncos and the chiefs last year, where like both of those teams like kind of lived and died by a time of possession. And mm -hmm. like when the chiefs are in, in the moment, like it, it just, I think even without Tyree kill Patrick Mahomes last year showed himself capable of using every tool in their offense to just keep marching it down the field and i think um they got a young running back from who was with tampa bay last year ronald jones ronald jones a lot of people are sort of hot on as a younger player and travis kelsey i mean obviously still to a lot of people like at the very least a top three tight end josh gordon maybe will actually be able to play i doubt it but no, i don't know they got some interesting <laughs> stuff <laughs> um yeah so i think i'm gonna take the over for these guys as well even with this being a tough schedule um the Chiefs, I mean, it's going to be tough for me to, like, hold back. I'm talking about Broncos matchups just because we're going to get to every other team. Um, but, like, with people sort of seeing the Broncos and the Chargers and also dumb people seeing the Raiders as well as being, like, teams that are sort of growing into, like, higher, like, echelons of the league um, – I think like the chiefs are just going to be the barrier that all of these teams are going to have to overcome. And even, even like saying like, Oh yeah, the Broncos, like with all of this stuff, like they should be able to beat the chiefs in Denver. Like, Oh man, slow it down. Like, and the chargers have also had a lot of problems against the chiefs. I think like, Oddly enough, the Raiders have been the most successful against the Chiefs, like during the Patrick Mahomes era. And I think that like um they are not they're not necessarily turning in a direction where I expect that to be the case. So like, yeah, these guys are just always going to win. They're always going to be a threat in this league. Um and I think like Terry 
is getting sort of older and this was just sort of the direction that this franchise was going to have to move anyway. So, yeah, I'm going to peg these guys at 11, probably take the over as well. And let's move on to the second seed in the AFC West last year, who was go off the top of your head without thinking go Raiders. Yeah, I know. Isn't that crazy? Should have been the Chargers. Should have been the Chargers, but (laughs) that last crazy game in overtime. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the Raiders were 10 and 7, uh, had that crazy game in overtime to clutch it out against the Chargers right at the very end. Went on to be um, just another Deer Diary entry and the inevitable road to the Super Bowl that the Cincinnati Bengals had uh, during the playoffs. Uh, pretty much brought nothing to the table. Um, looked like the Eagles in the postseason last year, truly. And yikes. yikes. <laughs> uh, what has happened for the Raiders? I mean, not much, right? It's been um, a pretty quiet option. They got um, Cleo Mack, right? Oh, wait. No, he went to... Nope. Oh, wait, I was stupid. <laughs> <laughs> they got rid of Cleo Mack a few years ago. That's right. Um, They signed possibly the best wide receiver on the planet this offseason in Devontae Adams. So That's true. Pretty I big forgot move. about that move. I'd say, I, 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 I couldn't about that tell move, if honestly. you were trolling me. No, I honestly didn't really about didn't that remember. Move. Yeah, I, like so I, there's just been so much this offseason, yeah, man. It really has. I agree. And, there was like um, someone on our slash NFL was like, "Did you guys remember that like Tom Brady retired?" And I was like, "Oh my gosh, <laughs> like yeah. it's just been such a crazy offseason." It has been a crazy offseason, but yeah, Devonte Adams joining this team really increases the prospects. I think, um, but um, we haven't given the line yet. I'm gonna guess ten exactly for the line. The line for the Raiders is eight and a half, actually. What? So, really? Yeah, okay. That is, yeah. So I know That's that. Interesting. Um, I know that they hired a couple Patriots front office people. They got. Yeah, some... Josh McDaniels is now the head coach, mm-hmm. uh, former offensive coordinator for the for the, the Patriots. Patriots. Also, former head coach of the Broncos. Tim That's Tebow correct. is there. Um, also they hired, um, their, their GM is from the Patriots as well Ziegler, Ziegler, something like that. Dave. Not aware. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Point like is, nice. yeah. Point is that they don't have a racist or a special teams coordinator as their head coach this year. So uh, pretty exciting <laughs> prospect either way. Um, the Devonte Adams move is obviously a pretty big deal. Also, Chandler Jones, I forgot about that move. That was the mm, yeah, that's a that's up. a big one as well. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, on both sides of the ball, pretty big pickups. So you know, you would say that this team is trending positively. So you, I mean, you have to guess that it's just that the rest of this division is getting a lot of respect from that's Vegas. A, no doubt, what it is. Um, I think if they were in pretty much any other division, this win total would be nine and a half or ten. But the fact they have to play Chiefs, Chargers, and Broncos all twice definitely is lowering that down. Probably the hardest divisional <laughs> position for anybody in the league. <laughs> like yeah, honestly, agreed. Um, also, games from seeding they have to play against. Um, uh, I guess yeah, the Saints, and they have the second from the yeah. So they have the Steelers, which is actually a pretty easy <laughs> game, and the Colts. Colts. Yep. Correct. Um, which is going to be a pretty good one. Colts Raiders is actually like always spicy for some reason. Yeah. I'm not sure why. Um, but yeah, some pretty interesting games all around. And, and I think they can pick up a lot of these games that aren't in the AFC West. <laughs> However, um, they have to play again, all seven Western teams 
mm-hmm. a very tough gauntlet for a team like the Raiders. I think, um, I think that like this team is good at like exploiting <laughs> the rare weaknesses, you know, like the thing that the chiefs lose every eight games for like that game is always against the Raiders. Yeah. So I can totally see them beating the Cardinals. I can totally see them beating the Niners. I could totally see them beating the Colts um, or the Saints. Uh, they have to play this division six times, though. And I'm hoping that they're not going to be able to take a game on Denver. Um, I could care less between them and the Chiefs, but I think that is going to be a tall order, just like it always is, unless Chandler Jones is like eating lunch and dinner that day. Um, and the Chargers, I think, are really going to be coming for this team with a vengeance. So, yeah. Eight and a half. I, I'm probably going to respect them with with a nine game prediction because I just think every team yeah. in this division is good. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I, if it had been at ten, like you predicted, that would have been a very easy under for me. I think because I don't see this team breaking double digits. Yeah, I, I think there's a chance they could win ten. Nine is also where I would probably predict this team to be. So I'll take the over for them as well. Nice. All right. Cool. Cam is going to be like. They didn't talk at all about my boy. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. We recorded the first episode of Super Fantasy Bros the other day. Talked plenty about Derek Carr. So. I mean, we got to say, this is the QB division, bro. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Derek Carr, Patrick Mahomes, Russell Wilson, and... Uh, <laughs> oh, my gosh, dude. I hate that. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. <I'm> so... <laughs> We're getting put on blast for this one. <laughs> Herbert, I'm sorry. <laughs> Dude, I'm so bad at everyone's him. favorite player and he forgot his name. I just want everybody to remember that. I couldn't remember <laughs> um Ben Affleck's name yesterday, so I'm just not good oh, at remembering wow. names. That's your boy. Tyler. I know. Well, I am good at it's just I'm bad at recalling them in the moment sometimes. Uh, which is why I have a football podcast. Anyway, let's talk about <laughs> the Chargers. Speaking of Herbert, uh, the third seed from the AFC West last year and most um, most overrated team of the season, I think we could all say, uh, the Chargers finished yeah. out an, a nine and eight. Had was highly lauded as being one of the freest wild card seeds in the league, maybe even challenging the Chiefs and. Did not come to pass. They're the only team in the division that lost to the Broncos last year, which is embarrassing. And um, they, as we already discussed, lost that clincher against the Raiders. And I think, like, you know, earlier I said that the Niners deserve, like, the high highs and low lows title. But, like, man, the Chargers also, like, definitely deserve that. Except that, honestly, we haven't really seen any highs from them outside of, like, statistics. So... I mean, you I mean, and I have had, had good some moments. They've had good moments every season. Like they beat the Chiefs once last year. Uh, they were competitive in a lot of games. Justin Herbert really came on as a second-year quarterback. He's still very young and has mm-hmm. even more room to grow. And I think just being in this system another year, the continuity that they have with the coaching staff, I think that you know, I know it's not a very <laughs> hot take for me to say this, but I think that they really can challenge for this division this year mm. and um you know a, a lot of people were saying that last year i wasn't really quite there yet but i think that like all the things that i just mentioned and they've shored up the defense a little bit this is the team that got khalil mack yeah um on the defense they also signed jc jackson mm. for the secondary uh i think this is going to be a much better team this year than they were last year and uh 
Yeah, I'm pretty high on the Chargers this year. Yeah, the line is at 10. And, um, hmm, 10. That's a good number. Good number. Yeah. Uh, I've, again, for the sake of disagreement, because I feel like you're going to take the under. I'm going to take the over. I think they can win 11 games. I think 10 is more <laughs> likely, more sustainable. But if they would have won some of the games that they should have won last year, like against the Texans, uh, if we see some more consistency from this team, I think over 10 is definitely achievable. I actually am also going to take the over, believe it or not. Um, oh, look at that. Yeah. I, I like realistically, I think that like every team in this division could like win most of the games that aren't within the division. So like, it's like realistically, like pretty much any of them could end in the nine to 12 range. And in fact, yeah. all four of them really could um, if, if they split enough series. So yeah, I think like the I, I think that like the Cleo Mack move is a really big deal. Also the JC Jackson move. Just in general, I think like one of the things that let some of those games get out of control last year is that they like played a lot of like fifty total point games. And I don't think they almost ever won those games. Like whenever the other offense also came to play, it didn't really matter like how much of a statistical anomaly Justin Herbert was on the day. Um they were just sort of going punch for punch, and that didn't really seem like the Broncos beat them going punch for punch, like which again is not a great look. So I think not like, a great look. Yeah, I th- I think that those two things are going to be a big deal, especially like putting Cleo Mack on this team, like with all of these, you know, very legendary. Well, not legend. I I won't say Carr is legendary. No offense, but you know, just with all these like really solid quarterbacks that you have to deal with in this division, I think like this Cleo Mack is going to be. Move is going to be a really big deal and obviously speaks to like what the Chargers know they have to do, which is just like have Justin Herbert look like the better QB on the day in order to like take wins in this division, which I think they can do. Um, I think this team is super ready for a 3-3 finish in the division. Um, I know we say this every year, but I mean, I think that that's really what this division is looking like to me in general, honestly. Um, So yeah, I'm going to take the over. I think with it being at 10 I'm, I'm comfortable with 11 not to mention because of seeding they get to play like some pretty easy teams they have a game against the falcons uh because of seeding they mm, have yeah. like, a game against the browns um which texans is, yeah and the texans so and the jags also because they're playing against the whole oh wait wait what huh are they playing the whole afc south oh. no i don't think so i don't know what I'm... yeah they are yeah i forgot we we're playing against the afc oh, south okay. Oh, Dolphins would be Dolphins their last that, seeding game. Yeah, yeah so, that's so that's actually going to be a pretty good game. Um, but yeah, I think those other two are pretty easy. Uh, I think they can handle their own against like the NFC West. Just I know that I'm basically saying the same thing against all four of these AFC West teams, but it's just true that like they're all really solid and just have to win against these West teams. And like whichever ones manage to do that are going to be huge threats in the postseason. Absolutely. So. Um, so with that, I think that leaves the Denver Broncos. So who? <laughs> uh, let me go ahead and guess their line. I'm gonna say ten. Ten. That is correct. The Bang! Finally, I got one right. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. So the Broncos finished last year at a seven and ten, which is actually crazy to me. Like this team is so good. Okay. Uh, so here's mediocrity. the <laughs> the Broncos are so good and. All we needed was this Russell Wilson move. Um, 
I think that big things are to come from this team. I will say we seem to be kind of plagued by injuries at the moment. Mm, um, yeah. Tim Patrick tore his ACL, which sucks. And uh, Melvin Gordon might have injured his foot, which also sucks. Um, we still have, you know, a full wide receiver room outside of Tim Patrick. And we also have Javante. So both of those things are like, you know, not the end of the world, but definitely a bummer. They're inconveniences, but yeah, for sure. Insurmountable. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think a move that I haven't seen a lot of people talk about is uh, Albert O coming in for Noah Fant. Um, I actually, a lot of like Broncos fans were like hoping that Noah Fant would be a part of the trade package, even though we really like him just because like he's getting older and Albert O like deserves the starting spot like just as much potentially even more he's a much like better blocking tight end which i think is going to be if i had to guess a very important part of the like wilson hackett offense especially because of like the amount of like scrambly plays i think that javante is going to be looking for i think that like alberto is going to be a really key just like protective player for a lot of these other guys that we have because fant was just trying to be like wide receiver five which as nice as that is, like it's just not necessary, like in this offensive yeah. schema. Um, yeah, and on top of Albert O, you got that uh, rookie tight end coming in that has garnered a lot of attention. Oh yeah, that's right, escaping me right now. But um, there have been some reports that maybe he even he's threatening cutting into Albert O's playing time, maybe coming for his role. So I mean, um, I've heard that he's a more offensive player. So like to me, I I really like how tight end is moving towards being like a more versatile position in general yeah um, so like i would really like to see us use i think that was another reason people wanted that trade to happen was just so that we could because we had all this draft capital to pick up a newer player um so yeah i don't know i'm excited about a lot of our offense our defense i think everybody knows is pretty solid um we weren't able to secure von miller's return but there were a couple other names that are escaping me right now we got some other Randy like gregory from the cowboys yeah, that could right. be a huge edge rusher for you guys um Pat Sertan played really well as a rookie last year. Mm-hmm. Your cornerback, I think he's going to have another phenomenal year. Yeah, Sertan was solid. So, yeah, I don't know. I just like, I know I was saying this all last year, but the Broncos just really are one of the strongest rosters in the league and just like have been gated by QB play for so long. I don't know that Russell Wilson is like ready to be Aaron Rodgers in his like late 30s. Um, like, I don't, I don't necessarily <laughs> think that he's going to have like, a second career that like rivals his first one here, but actually I don't know because I do think we could secure a Super Bowl like during his time. In fact, I will be disappointed if we don't get a Super Bowl like during this contract. Um I so I think like yeah like even though Russell Wilson isn't necessarily like an oh my gosh like we got Josh Allen like if we got like Josh yeah. Allen which never would have happened but it would have been like over with and I think everybody else would agree. Um but Russell Wilson, I think, can have a great career here. I think he's going to be a lot more happy with our O-line than he was with Seattle's. And um, our, like I've said, like our wide receiver room is just really, really spicy. So it's it's going to come down to like all of these like very solid pass rushers and secondaries that we have on our schedule. Um, but from seeding, I mean, we have a game against the Jets. From seeding, we have a game against the Falcons. From seeding, we have a game against, uh, sorry, the Panthers, not the Falcons. Um, and then from seeding, we have a game against uh, the, let's see, 
south so that would be the north um the ravens which actually is a tough one so that's that's the other weird watch, four seed. Yeah. i agree um so yeah lots of interesting games i think that this is a great schedule for the broncos um to like show their worth um and so basically i'm gonna go ahead and spoil like my division win i don't think that we're gonna take the division um i also don't think the chargers are gonna take the division ah uh, the raiders I- the Raiders, of course. <laughs> I do think it's <laughs> going to be. The, I do think it's going to be the Chiefs. My like spicy preseason take is that the Broncos are going to lose the division, but go further than the Chiefs in the playoffs, no matter what. So yeah. I figured you would expect at least that, as you have a, an outstanding bet. Uh, that's for right. The Broncos to win the Super Bowl. So. I have an outstanding bet for the Broncos to win the Super Bowl. Now, if I'm being honest, I. I, I I would pin us at like fourth for my confidence for for like the Super Bowl, but the fact that we were top we're five, high. yeah, the fact that we were top five, and like I bet like when Russ was still a rumor, and I was like, well, th- these odds are too good for me. I have a lot of hopium. I would put the Bills ahead of us, obviously. Um, I would put. I think the Chiefs argue like as being ahead of us. Um, I think the Ravens and the and the Rams and the Bucks could all be better than us. Um, yeah, but I think that we could be fighting in the top three pretty easily. That none of those names really are standing out to me as being like obvious, obvious contenders this year, except for the Bills. Um, so I'm gonna take the over. I'm going to put us at probably 11 wins. Um, I'm guessing that those six losses are going to be like one to each team in the division and like the Rams and like some random loss and like the Titans. And then I'm going to be like, okay, I feel kind of good about these guys going into the postseason. And then like, hopefully like they're going to heat up during the postseason. That That's yeah. sort of what I'm expecting from this team right now. So yeah, I'll um, take the over on 10 games as well. I think uh, just, this was pretty much the best case scenario for the offseason for the Broncos this year like you said they're kind of being gate kept by quarterback play in recent seasons um, I think they're just ready to take off unless Russell Wilson's finger injury was more severe than yeah. it appeared and like he's still somehow battling with that or unless Nathaniel Hackett is just not gonna hack it as a head coach <laughs> right <laughs> um nice. thanks but I, I don't expect either of those things to be the case so I'll take the over as well who are you taking in the division? I I kind of spoiled it a little bit earlier. I'm a year late on this, and rightfully so, because they weren't as good as everybody predicted last year. But I'll take the Chargers, actually. I'm going to be a little bit spicier. Um, I think the Chargers are going to turn some some more heads this year. I, I know that's probably, it's, it's pretty chalky right now. That's like the fun pick for everybody <laughs> to take at this yeah. point in the offseason. But I really do believe it. That's fair. I get it. Um, I think, like... The AFC, well, we're going to do our power rankings for like the next two episodes. So I won't give like super oh, official yeah. answers yet. But I think like the AFC wild cards are really going to be about like the second seeds in these other divisions, like fighting against the AFC West, like for these spots. Yeah. Um, I think like the Dolphins look like a wild card team to me. I think like. Uh, the Bengals or Ravens, depending on who ends up getting second seed, is like another example of a pretty clear wild card contender. Um, maybe the Patriots if the schema works. But all three of those teams are going to be like going up against the gauntlet of, like I said, potentially like four 10 win teams coming from this division. I mean, this is just such a crazy, strong division. Yeah. <laughs> um, and like, you know, 
a, a lot of the teams that I just mentioned are going to have matches up against these teams like during this season. So I think like AFC West versus the world games are going to be very spicy this season. I think like every team is really going to be looking at like their AFC win rate as AFC West win rate is sort of being like an indicator of like how confident they feel um, during this season. And I really like this division right now. This is probably my, I mean, spoilers, but this is definitely my pick for the strongest division. I'd say like now that we've talked about all eight of them, my division rankings would be like AFC West, AFC East, NFC West, AFC North, NFC North, NFC East, AFC South, NFC South. What do you you Mm. think? I think that is uh, pretty fair. Um, I probably (laughs) would go AFC West, NFC West for sure at the top there. Uh, AFC North. um, hmm, After that, gets a little foggier. Um, But just to reiterate your point, I think, you know, the AFC West, I don't, I'm not sure we're going to be talking about any of them in our first power rankings episode. Yeah. I'll just say that. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. I, I think um, this, this whole division is like looking like an upper half team going into this, this season and, or, go, and like, I think like just to give the Raiders some respect, which I hate to do, but like, you know, there's going to be, I think, I think, there's going to be a lot of camps of like the spicy take of, I think the Broncos are going to take this division and like the fun take of like, I think the chargers are going to take this division. And then like the NFL realists that are like, Oh no, the chiefs are like going to lock it down. Um, and that to me, like with the moves that the Raiders made during this off season and also just like Derek Carr's like rep- reputation against these teams, um, like they are in one of the most like interesting spoiler party positions in the league right now and i think like a lot of narrative is going to like somehow live and die by the raiders in this division um so like if the raiders 2-0 any team like that's gonna like become a very serious hill for that team to overcome like definitely winning the division so yeah pretty crazy stuff um i'm excited about both of these divisions a lot i'm also just excited about football we've talked about all 32 teams now it's crazy. I can't believe it. It seems like it I went know. by really fast. Right around the corner, preseason is starting uh, tomorrow for us. We're recording on Wednesday, yeah, August right. 10th. But yeah. yeah, looking forward to it. Yeah, me too. I don't really partake in preseason games, but I, but they may. Oh, the, I will be. <laughs> yeah, that's Reagan said that too earlier. I was like, well, that's fun. Uh, I think if uh, the Browns end up playing Deshaun, I might watch that game just because it will be like the only game that he'll probably play. Uh, yep. <laughs> We'll see. Thank you for listening to NFLs. Um, please check out Drew's new fantasy podcast. Do you want to name drop that again? Yeah, I mentioned it earlier. Super Fantasy Bros. Oh my goodness! Sorry, my dogs just came storming in <laughs> to my home office here. But Super Fantasy Bros. Uh, still got to work out some logistics with that, but that'll be dropping very soon. Uh, be on the lookout for that. Cool. Also, I don't know if I've mentioned it on this show yet, but I have a new podcast that I launched this summer called Outside Marvel. It's a marvel podcast um that is sort of from a more like balanced critical and fan side like we're just sort of treating it as a thing that we all like what because we (laughs) don't really see another way around it at this point in time and um the the way we talk about the mcu is very similar to the way i talk about nfl owners so if you enjoy hearing me talk about nfl owners i would say (laughs) jump over 
to Outside Marvel and give that a listen. Uh, my roommate Quantum and my friend Ray are both on that show with me. So, um, yeah, I don't know anything else really. Um, yeah, be here for, like I said, we're going to do 32 through 17 next week, and then we'll do the top 16 teams. And then before you know it, regular season NFL games will be happening. Woo! Ooh la la. All right. My name is Jacob Wilkinson. My name is Drew Wade. And don't miss next week when we talk about the most exciting teams, 32 to 17. That's right. All the good ones. All the good ones. (laughs) 